Hello again, everyone, and welcome to yet another week of the Royal Ramble. We are now on the road to WrestleMania. Backlash, that is, and what a road it has been. I'm going to be previewing the event in just a little bit, but for now, I want to let you know that next week's episode will be slightly delayed. It'll be recorded for Monday afternoon on May 9th, and it occurs to me that next Sunday is a very special day. It's Mother's Day. And unfortunately, I cannot do as good a job as Mr. T did in his 2014 Hall of Fame speech. But I wanted to take this opportunity to wish all the mothers out there, including some of the listeners of this show, a very happy Mother's Day. It wasn't the happiest of weeks, though, for certain WWE talents who received their release papers. The WWE has unfortunately come to terms on the releases of the following individuals. Dexter Loomis, Malcolm Bivens... Dakota Kai, who I understand had informed management that she would not be re-signing, Harland, Persia Parada, Raylan Devine, Draco Anthony, and Vish Kanya. And I say unfortunate, and it does suck to be fired, we've all been there, but I'm very confident that each one of these people will eventually land back on their feet, and this is just a bump in the road. The WWE is the biggest wrestling organization in the world, and working there almost guarantees that you will be booked elsewhere and will probably never run out of work. So let us all wish these individuals the best of luck as we look forward to seeing them again elsewhere. Now then, we have six matches set for Backlash already, and actually having said that, it addresses a very good point. Is it really necessary to have WrestleMania in front of it? I mean, for several years, the WWE has simply referred to this event as Backlash. Everyone knows that it is the event following WrestleMania, and this new name they've used for this event in the last couple of years doesn't really have the same ring to it. Well, I don't think it does anyway. I guess maybe their thinking is that having the WrestleMania name attached to this makes it seem more important? I guess all of us, myself included, have to stop thinking of these things as wrestling fans and more as business people. I work in marketing, so I can definitely appreciate the effort put forth in making these events seem like bigger deals than they are. Hey, I have an idea. How about just coming up with better booking ideas? That just might work. So now as I gaze into my own crystal ball, I want to see if I can predict what is to happen at this event. It takes place Sunday, May 8th from the Dunkin' Donut Center in beautiful Providence, Rhode Island. The overall build for this show has been okay. Nothing spectacular, but nothing really subpar either. It's been somewhere in the middle, I'd say, despite some really bizarre last-minute changes. Well, actually, really only one, but it is a big one, and I'll get to that a little later. There are a lot of rematches on the show, aren't there? WrestleMania rematches, to be specific, and honestly, this kind of makes an event like WrestleMania seem less special. But at least unlike last year, we aren't getting these rematches on free television while paying an arm and a leg for the Mania event. So let's take a look at the card. We have Omos with MVP against Bobby Lashley. I can't say that I was looking forward to this match the first time around, but especially after the events of last month, I am looking forward to this rematch even less. The Mania match was just about what I expected, but maybe a little better than expected. That said, the only thing that's really changed is MVP now being aligned with Omos. So with Omos, here's the thing. He hasn't been booked like a man of his size should be. I understand the need to keep Lashley strong, especially if they want to position him as a potential future contender for Roman, but why do they need to use someone like Omos as a sacrificial lamb? 
Not only did Lashley beat this guy clean at Mania, but he also wins the arm wrestling match? Seriously? I mean, if strength is not the advantage that Omos would have against someone like Lashley, what good is he? The obvious endgame to this feud I'd imagine would be Lashley finally getting his hands on MVP, so I'm thinking MVP will involve himself somehow in this one, which will play into the finish. But I can't see them putting Omos over Lashley, especially if they haven't done so already. Monday's Raw would have been the best time to do it in that arm wrestling contest. I'm thinking Lashley hits another spear and looks to have victory well in hand, only for MVP to either pull the ref out or attack Lashley with a cane causing the DQ finish. And then they do the post-match beatdown like they always do. Regardless of how this one ends, this feud is likely to continue until, as I said, Lashley gets his hands on MVP. For some reason, they've also added the much-anticipated match between Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin to this show, which will likely also be my much-anticipated bathroom break. Why this match is happening in general is beyond me. I don't know of anyone who wants to see it, but if it is happening, why does it need to be on a pay-per-view, or excuse me, premium live event? Given the push that Moss has been getting lately, I'm thinking he'll pull out a clean win here, only to continue floundering in the mid-card henceforth. Who cares? You've also got a match that I was most looking forward to at Mania. It'll be Edge versus AJ Styles, and I gotta say, as much as I was looking forward to their Mania match, this rematch doesn't do anything for me personally. I mean, I'm sure it'll still be a good in-ring contest, but I think the involvement of Damian Priest will hurt this one significantly. I can see Priest getting involved at every opportunity, only for AJ to thwart one of his attempts and then counter a spear into a sunset flip, surprising Edge with a quick victory, only to be attacked by both Edge and Priest afterwards. Cody Rhodes vs Seth Rollins is probably the match to look out for. They put on a great show at Mania, and hopefully the rematch lives up to those standards. I do like and appreciate how Cody has not wrestled every week on Raw, and they've also been able to keep him strong since Mania, so I hope we get another epic encounter here. You know, because WWE really seems to like that word, epic, as evident by Michael Cole continuously beating us over the head with it in recent months. I can't see this one ending clean either. You know, it must be so hard to book the outcome of a rematch, especially if it's the same kind of match as the original. I'm thinking there will be a ref bump at some point. There hasn't been one in a while, so it could be interesting to use that to play into the finish. As the ref is temporarily out of it, Seth hits Cody with a low blow and then follows up with a stomp. But there is no one to count, even though Seth clearly has Cody down for more than three. As Seth tries to revive the ref, Cody gets up and retaliates with a low blow of his own. And before I continue, I know you must all be seeing glimpses of the Nakamura and Styles feud here, but I assure you that I only intend to use these low blows in this particular match. Anyway, Cody then drills Seth with a crossroads for yet another victory, and this one will likely continue as well with Seth making the argument that he had Cody beat, but Cody cheated his way to victory. Freshly added to this event is the big six-man tag featuring Roman Reigns and his bloodline against the Raw Tag Team Champions RK-Bro and Drew McIntyre. I don't know what the motivation was for this last-minute change, but I must say that I thought the tag title unification stip was much more compelling. This is a match that could have been had on any SmackDown. And if Roman is cleared, then why didn't they just do him and McIntyre one-on-one? unless he's still recovering from the injury sustained in Mania and they made it a six-man for his protection. But even in that case, why didn't they just keep him off the card or at least have him corner the Usos without doing anything physical? A truly bizarre set of circumstances. But regardless, this is the match we're getting and it should be a good one. 
Assuming that Drew is next in line to challenge Reigns for the unified title, then they really need to build some momentum for him so people take him seriously as a viable contender. So I'm thinking Drew will be the one to secure victory for his team and will end up pinning Roman Reigns so the announcers can emphasize that this is the first time Roman was pinned in almost two years. I don't think it'll hurt Roman's momentum, but it will solidify Drew as a championship contender and actually make him look like a threat to Roman's reign. See what it did there? And then rounding out the card is the I Quit match for the SmackDown women's title between defending champion Charlotte Flair and rowdy Ronda Rousey. Needless to say, this feud has been less than impressive. Their Mania match was a disaster, and the build to both that match and this one has been horrendous. The promos between them have been even worse. There do seem to be more babyface women on the SmackDown side than heels, so I can totally see Charlotte winning this one again and moving on to the next challenger, who will likely be Raquel Rodriguez. But if Ronda is sticking around for at least another year, and they've already decided that Rousey vs. Becky will headline WrestleMania 39 on the women's side, then you need to keep her strong as well. This is the one match on the card that I can see ending clean via armbar. Rousey locks it in, and Charlotte lasts longer than anyone before her, but eventually succumbs to the pressure and taps out, so we have a new SmackDown Women's Champion. Now then, for those who have been listening regularly, you may be familiar with a feature of this show called Fantasy Forecast, where I attempt to book the entire card for the following month's event. In this case, it'll be WWE Hell in a Cell on June 5th at the Allstate Arena in Chicago. Let's focus immediately on the title programs because those are the only ones guaranteed to happen. I mentioned earlier about Drew getting the clean win over Roman in the six-man, so that will likely be the unified title match at Hell in a Cell, with Roman defending against Drew McIntyre. I don't think this match needs to be inside the Hell in a Cell structure, but given the nature of this event, it probably will be. I think you can also add the tag title unification match that was supposed to happen at WrestleMania Backlash to this card. I don't think it hurts that match to continue building for a month longer, so I say we finally get RK-Bro against the Usos at Hell in a Cell. On the women's side, they teased something between Becky Lynch and Asuka on Raw this past week, and if they don't want to hotshot it to the WrestleMania Backlash show, they could easily hold off on it and continue building for another month for this event. Rousey vs. Charlotte is probably also likely to continue as by the time WrestleMania Backlash is over, they'd be at one win apiece, so this will likely be the rubber match between the two inside Hell in a Cell, and Rousey will boast about this being her world inside a cage, while Charlotte brags about winning the first ever women's Hell in a Cell match in WWE. Bianca's program is the one that I'm drawing a blank on, and I fear this might happen. She's beaten everyone on the Raw roster, it seems, and I think it would be too early to do the Rhea program, as you want to continue building Rhea as a dominant heel. I suppose they could do Bailey if she is ready to return, but honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they left Bianca off of this card, just like it looks like they're doing at WrestleMania Backlash, which may lead to her eventual heel turn. Bianca, I think, would have been better positioned as champion on SmackDown because you have a lot of potential challengers there that she hasn't really worked a program with. So how many is that? About four matches? Well, there are three other obvious matches that I'm thinking could be made given what I expect to happen at WrestleMania Backlash. Bobby Lashley will probably be against Omos and MVP in a handicap match which will likely be on the kickoff. As the beatings of AJ Styles continue, he'll end up finding a partner to square off against Edge and Damian, and I'm thinking that partner will be the demon himself, Finn Balor. And then the Seth and Cody feud is likely to continue as well, but it does need a little something extra. 
I don't think it's intense enough to require a Hell in a Cell stipulation, but perhaps they could make this 2 out of 3 falls or 30 minute Iron Man match or something. So there you have it. As I said, I'll be back again next week to review the WrestleMania Backlash event. Before I leave you, I wanted to make mention of this. A good friend of mine named Michael Starbuck Modulati had shared with me details on an event that he needs help promoting. It's called the George Hackenschmidt Invitational Cup, which takes place this month in both Helsinki, Finland and Tallinn, Estonia, respectively. The latter event will be on pay-per-view through Europe's largest fight network provider, PrimeFight.tv, which is available in 72 countries. Full details are posted in the Royal Ramble Facebook group. I'll see you again next weekend, but for now, I'll leave you with an ABC. ya